What's up, y'all? This is Chitty Bang, and I'm on the Renegade Millionaire Show, the podcast that profiles entrepreneurs, founders, and CEOs. Join us as we go one-on-one inside the hearts and minds of some of our generation's best and brightest. And now, introducing your host, my friend, Sun Group Wealth Partners Managing Director, CNBC and Forbes.com contributor, Winnie Sun. So how are you today? Thank you for tuning in. It's your host, Winnie Sun, welcoming you to the Renegade Millionaire Show, again, broadcasting from Venice Beach. I'm a financial advisor and managing partner of Sun Group Wealth Partners here in hot, hot Southern California. And for a visual, please take a moment to follow me on Twitter where I'll update you with my latest posts on Forbes, CNBC appearances, and all that good stuff. So bookmark this show, and if you have any questions pertaining to your own wealth, all you need to do is reach out. I'd love to talk to you. So real quick planning tip before we get to our very exciting guest today is with Mother's Day coming up, it seems like the perfect opportunity to share with you this planning tip. When talking to your kids about finances, I want you to consider showing rather than telling. It's really important to save for your kids' education, something like the College Savings 529 plan, but really it's even more important to help your kids develop a pattern for saving. It's no different than brushing your teeth every day and doing a little exercise, but when they're little, start them with a piggy bank. That way when you invest money, they see the chink-chink sound, they see the pig, and when it becomes heavy, have them start a savings account. If you start a pattern of saving, it will help your kids understand that paying themselves first is really so important. Soon you'll be able to visit me and we can help them start their own, their very first mutual fund. And with that, today's guest is a very special one and has graced television as one of the sexiest women in the world. She's hosted while on E! Entertainment, CBS's Rockstar N.O., a little tiny show called Dancing with the Stars, where she not only won, but hosted, which, which we'll, we're, we're going to make sure to talk a whole bunch about that. But that's not all that makes her so interesting and why I'm such a huge fan of her. But she's also the mother of four, and this is the best part. She's just fine with not being perfect. She has over 2.68 million Twitter followers. Welcome, Brooke Burke Chavez. That was a very nice introduction. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you. I'm so glad. <laughs> that means a lot coming from you. Oh, thank you. And then when I hear the four kids, I go, wow, I have a whole team at home. How did I do that? <laughs> I know. How did you do that? I don't know. They found me. <laughs> well, most importantly, how are you doing? How are you feeling today? I feel great. I feel really great. I had an awesome morning. I dropped my kids off at school and I taught my booty burn class and made my way out here to talk money and finance and dreams and family. And um, it's all good. And you look, you, you make it look so easy. I mean, you just popped in here as chic as could be. Thank you. Thank you. It's not easy, but um, part of it's faking that, I guess. <laughs> make it till you make it. <laughs> That's well, right. <laughs> That's my advice for everyone. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, me too. No. <laughs> um, well, you're described, I see in the bio, as an actress, TV host, entrepreneur, fashion designer, and the most lovely carpool mom. Oh. So you really 
carpool your kids? I do, and I don't know if they'd tell you that that's a lovely experience. <laughs> but yes, I um, actually I feel very blessed on mornings when I don't have an early call time and I can get up and have breakfast with my kids and take them to school. I hope that they look back one day and appreciate that. But I feel like it's part of my job as a mom. And even on days when I don't have to pick them up, I do. I, I, I love pulling up to the school and seeing my first grader and my second grader go, Mom, and be so happy that it's me. And then, of course, there's the, the days as a working mom when I can't do it. And I think that's an important discussion and life lesson for them as well. Mommy works. I'm here as much as I can be. And on the days when I can't be, I still love you and I'll see you for dinner. Um, but yes, carpool is um, not one of my greatest joys, but an important <laughs> part of being a mother. <laughs> so the, when the kids go to school, I don't know about your kids, but I know my son, when he goes to school, he says, I'm going to work. Do your kids feel like they're going to work? I haven't heard that yet. Um, fortunately, they really love it. At least half of them do anyway, and they're all so different. Um, no, but that's I, I believe that. I think they're working just as hard as I am, if not harder in school. So I have uh, great respect for all of their efforts. It seems to be getting harder. I look back at my early years in my education, and I don't remember spending three hours a night studying. It's incredible, I think right? it's getting harder. Mm-hmm. And it's sad because it's robbing them all. I think it's robbing them of their childhood and that time where you're just learning to be a kid. It's a really valid point, and it's very controversial. And I think, um, you know, in my blended family, my ex and I have quite different views. You know, he's a doctor. He's all about education, so they get that from him. And I also think it's incredibly important, but I want them to be children, and I want there to be balance, and I would rather have a well-rested child that maybe didn't finish everything and still got their eight, nine hours of sleep. And the other philosophy is you stay up and and you do whatever you need to do to get it done. So there are so many different ways of, of raising a family. Um, but I think you have to work hard and play hard. And for everybody, it's not just kids. I think we have to do that too, hopefully. Well, I mean, I absolutely think so. And, and the thing that I found so interesting about you is you have this wonderful warmness about you with your family. And I've been following your journey. I feel like I know you because I've read so much about you and I've been following Thank you, you and, and it's David's crazy social journey media. on Twitter. <laughs> I know. It's incredible. But it's so cute and lovable too. Thank you. Um, but you know, there, there's one thing to be said about being on a show like Dancing with the Stars because it's it's truly almost like a sport, so competitive. Mm-hmm. It's like we were just talking about earlier with our last guest. It's it's as if you would, you went and participated in the Olympics mm-hmm. week after week, and at any point you could get cut just mm-hmm. like that. So to participate in that sort of exercise and to win is not an easy thing. Um, not easy at all, and 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 you very well said. I, I had to learn how to think like an athlete, and I'm not an athlete. So one of the challenges for me, and I think most people on the show who aren't athletes, and that's why the ballers usually do so well, because they know how to be clutch under pressure. They know how to train. They know how to handle that moment when your body says no and your mind says, yes, you have to, and your body says, no, I can't go on. I had to really change my point of view. I would say, and I've joked about this a lot, but I mean this sincerely, I would say it's the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. That includes childbirth. Really? (laughs) swear. Um, For a lot of reasons. The physical demands, you know, you're training five, six days a week besides your show days. You're doing something you've never done before. You're under pressure of doing it in front of millions of people. At one point in time, it was the most watched show on television. You're being judged for it. And um, it's an unbelievable amount of pressure. And forget about all that. Then there's the physical side of it. And you're doing something that your body doesn't know how to do. And 
myself and a lot of other people don't even know what pro dances, what, what ballroom dances, shapes, and routines look like. So um, really hard, really challenging, and one of the greatest experiences I ever had as well. So what is something that like a lot of people don't know? I mean, we see the sequins, we see all the glamour, mm -hmm. and you made it look so easy, but we know it wasn't easy That's, at all. I, I, I've heard that and it blows my mind. I, I don't think anyone would know that before I stepped out there on the dance floor every single time. I didn't even know whether I should start with my left foot or my right foot. <laughs> and Derek used to get so angry with me. Because it's not just you. And I, and I, and I say that with love because I, I adore him. And he was the best partner ever. And I think he's mm -hmm. phenomenally talented. But the sense memory, when you don't know choreography and when you're not a dancer, nothing comes natural. So I would say terrified was probably a good <laughs> probably a good way to describe the feeling every single time you, I went out there. I don't think people know when you watch a show like Idol, when you watch a show like Dancing with the Stars, when you watch a competition show, I don't think anybody can imagine the minute before the talent steps out onto the stage to perform, how terrifying that is, how you can't breathe, how you don't know if you're going to fall on your face in front of the world, on if you're going to forget TV. everything. Mm -hmm. um, and if you even have enough faith in your body. And that was sort of a moment that I had where I had to... Um, stop that movie in my mind, learn how to visualize, which is what an athlete does. I believe that to be true in all areas of life. I think visualizing and having faith in whatever it is that you want is super, super powerful and important. So I had to um, sort of just surrender and say, I've done the rehearsal, I've put in the time, and I put in a lot of time. And now my body knows this, and I got to just trust my body and trust my partner and believe in myself. So you just have to dig really deep on that show. Winning was a total miracle. Even on our last freestyle? No, no, it was. It was your hard work. And not only that, and I think you just had so much discipline and focus. You were a true athlete. I was. I became an athlete on that show, yes. Mm -hmm. And and my husband is an athlete. And there were times where I was like, I just don't know if I can do this. I had a pulled groin. I had a disrupted tendon on my foot. I had a three-month-old baby wow. at home. My kids were like, Mommy. I mean, I was rehearsing every day. I mean, sometimes I would bring my son with me and lay down a blanket in the dance studio. And he would watch oh, and wow. giggle. And I had my, my daughter, Rain, was too. I wanted to go back to being a mom. Mm -hmm. At that time, you know how emotional you are as a right. woman and a mother. And hormones are all everything's all over place. jacked up. Yeah. <laughs> and my husband, there was a, there was a moment one night where I was at home. I was in pain. I was exhausted. I was depleted. I was missing my family. I was crying. And he was like, "You, you're going to finish this because what's the message? You've come this far, not just for you, not for other mothers, not for other women, but what about the kids? Mm -hmm. You're going to see this through, and you're going to finish it as far as you can finish it." He never said right. you have to win. And I had to go through like a major, um, I had to change my point of view and I had to go, yeah, you're right. And I'm going to finish it. And it's the hardest thing ever, but I'm here now. And then I went one step further and I said, I might as well win. And Derek and I had that meeting of the minds and we went, we're here. So let's just win. That's amazing. I it's might amazing. as well win. So we just, you, you might just, as well win in life, right? We put it out there and yeah. we literally went from fear or what if we get voted off or what if we screw up or we might not win to let's go and let's win. And that's really that shift um, kind of made the impossible. Yeah, happen. that's what fascinates me because I think like there's so much tremendous willpower, and you you have to get yourself like focused. There's one thing to participate in a show like that, mm -hmm. but to win it is like a whole different mm -hmm. ballpark. Altogether. It is, and and when I say miracle, I I mean that because again, it's a reality competition television show. So, you know, we could have been perfect dancers getting perfect tens and maybe America for some reason wasn't responding and then it's over. So, you know, I think I went into it with eyes wide open and, you know, with a realistic approach, but 
that desire, that, you know, that, that moment where you let yourself be afraid enough to want to win something, to want to achieve something, to want to reach your goal, I think that's when things start happening in life. So that was a, it was a, there were a lot of life lessons so did from you, that show. I guess what I, I'm interested in having read over your bio, did you, this, this sense of drive in this direction, it's, I mean, I almost call it like your, your mommy Yodaism. Mm. Did, did you have this at, even at the young age when you were 14 at your first beauty pageant? I mean, to be in pageants, that's tough too, to be judged and to be focused, right? Yeah, that was tough. And it was also a little bit weird. <laughs> I say weird because I was a young child who always I always wanted to be a businesswoman. Really? I loved school. I loved to learn. I came from a very lower middle class family. I I was raised by a mother and stepfather. My mom worked three jobs. She did the impossible. My dad raised us, raised us all to be really strong. But I knew that I was going to be a businesswoman. I had no desire to go into entertainment to be an actress. What kind of business? Um, anything. I mean, I used to watch soaps as a young girl and see like the big female business mogul behind the big desk running this <laughs> empire. I'd be like, I'm going to be in the desk. I'm going to do that. Um, and then so, it was so weird that I, I sort of fell into this beauty pageant. I don't even know why I, I don't even know why my mom talked me into doing pretty. that. <laughs> but I was one of those young girls who... I think I was always politically correct, but I was very opinionated. And going through even the Miss Teen USA pageant, I always thought, I'm so honest and I'm so opinionated. I don't know if I can really be groomed to grow to be something that I'm that I'm not. And I and I always think that, you know, women should speak their mind and they should be true to themselves. And I think many of them are, by the way. I'm not taking away from the organization at all. But it just wasn't enough for me. Mm-hmm. You know, it was a little moment in time and it was fun and it was kind of silly. And, uh, but it was probably very good training. I mean, because everything in our life taught us something. Mm-hmm. I'm sure. I do think it's good training. I right? do think poise for a woman is super important. I think knowing how to carry yourself. I think it's finding your properly. confidence. I think knowing how to compete, how to how to public speaking is very very important. Mm-hmm. Knowing how to have a cause, knowing how to believe in yourself, um, and also knowing how to deal with people around you. You know how and how much to let that in and. Um, figuring out what really matters. So I, everything I've done in my life was a learning experience. Yeah, for sure. So from there you went into modeling. Yeah, right? and again that was um, a lucky uh, thing that just happened. I was accompanying a friend, and I went to the agency to actually pick up his photos. And the owner of the agency said, "Would you like to do a test shoot, or do you have any interest?" I was getting ready to go to um, school full-time. I had just graduated from high school, and I was like, oh, I don't know. And so I ended up doing this test shoot, and I took a year off from school and started working. And it just worked out one thing, one foot in front of the other. And then I ended up in L.A. and won this acting scholarship. But I still loved school and wanted to go and believed in the importance of that. So I I know you studied at, at UCLA, which is where I went to school. So I was very happy to read that. That was great. I studied broadcast journalism there. And even before that, I went to a community college and studied business advertising. I just loved to learn. I had such a thirst. And... I was a young woman who also had to work during those educational years. So um, luckily, I got an opportunity to interview for the Wild On gig when they were going through that transition. And I went to Spain to do a trial show. And I really started thinking at that time when I was going to UCLA, I was working, I was taking classes at night, I was doing everything that I could do to maximize my potential. 
And I really, really thought from a financial standpoint, am I going to start out on a vending machine drinking coffee at 2 a.m. <laughs> covering this tornado in the middle of nowhere and climb my ladder? Or am I going to Spain to go do this TV show <laughs> oh, on that's a tough e. decision. I mean, and I just was like, this is my, <laughs> this is my time. And um, so I learned on I, I, I learned on on the road and I, I got all my experience on camera with a great team of people and it was a big chance and um, that was my decision at that time in my life. Well, it turned out pretty good. <laughs> it turned but... out okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I gotta say you're not doing so so badly <laughs> and and I mean there's just so much about you that as a as a working mother that I just love. Thank you. I know that, you know, the, yeah, absolutely, you're totally welcome. I mean, you have this positive, healthy glow about you and a very positive image. You've got four fitness videos, an active line called Kalem. Mm-hmm. We launched that last year. And that's, how's that going? It's going great. I mean, we launched in Nordstrom. We've got a great um, Nordstrom, you know, dot-com business. We're in specialty stores across the country. I always wanted to do a fitness line. I waited for the right time. I'm very passionate about the health and wellness space. And we saw what Lululemon did years ago. It was phenomenal. And we saw that women, all women, are wearing active all day long, whether you're working out or not. And those expensive high-performance fabrics make a you know, you can walk out of there 200 250 $250 for an outfit. So my goal was really to develop a fashionable fitness line. Fitness fashion is what we call it now. Active leisure, there's all these new terms. And make it affordable and, and, still, uh, chic. and still chic and hopefully motivate and inspire women to dress the part and to feel good about it and to get moving and take care of themselves and um, and be able to to afford it. So we started we started that business a year ago. I'm really excited and I love design and so I, you I, actually design the line? I do. I, I work with a, a team of designers who are right. more knowledgeable than I am, but I work with the fabrics and, and um, the silhouettes, and I test everything because I want the quality to be there. And I'm a fitness junkie, so I wear it all, and we you know so we you collaborate. Wear, you wear it at your booty burn class? I wear it. My class wears it. I mean, I want everything to be true and <laughs> tested. I want to know that it works. You don't I want to sure. know that it dries right. I want to know that it flatters the body. <laughs> but most importantly, I want women to feel good, mm-hmm. and I want them to um, bring a sense of fashion to their workout. And it's a new time right now. I feel like women are working out stronger and harder than ever before. And it's not just for the body. I mean, it's such a mind-body-soul concept for me. It gives you energy. It makes me a more patient mother. It makes me a better partner. It makes me – it's kind of my me time. Doesn't it give you – I feel like it gives you clarity. It gives you clarity. Like it just gets quiet, and you're just like – Gives you clarity. I I agree. I mean, it gives you the adrenaline, the sense of accomplishment. One of the lessons that I I teach in my class is really to find out in your life how to push yourself to your limit and go beyond that sweet spot and to go beyond the fatigue. And that's an amazing feeling. And sometimes in class, I say to the women, imagine if we applied that amount of energy and focus to everything else in life, what we would be able to do. And as women, we don't really train like that, I think. So that adrenaline, that sense of accomplishment, that knowing that we showed up when every woman in there is a, most of them are mothers, some of them are not, but we all have an excuse or something that of could course. keep us from taking, we're all busy. Yeah. Anything could keep us from taking care of ourselves. Mm-hmm. And I also believe that our body is the only thing we have control over in this world. And then of course there's the health issues that come along sometimes <laughs> and shake that philosophy too. But truly we have one body and we have one shot and we are in control of 
taking the best care of ourselves that we can without all the excuses, you know? Yeah. I mean, I think that's really interesting because I want to talk to you about that, about taking good care of yourself. One thing that I read that stuck with me and I told my husband, you know, honey, I got to find myself a new doctor because I read this that you had said that you had your own health scare through Mm -hmm. thyroid cancer, which you beat, which... Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, maybe you could talk a little bit about that. Sure. I mean, it, my my story and my my message that I – the reason why I was so public about it was because I was diagnosed for a routine physical. And mm-hmm. I'm pretty responsible with my health. But this was a regular checkup, not even a, a, a thyroid doctor. And um, it was a questionable lump, something that could have been overlooked, something that I may not have checked for years and I went in and I had an ultrasound, and it was kind of on the border of size where it required a biopsy. I had a biopsy done, and the biopsy came back atypical, so indecisive, mm-hmm. which is very common, by the way. And when you get a diagnosis from a doctor and you're not very knowledgeable about it, it's very scary. Mm-hmm. I often feel like many doctors speak their own language. It's right. extremely intimidating. You get very nervous patients, and it's, it's, it's hard to comprehend all that. Um, But I put together a really great team, and I did my research, and I had two choices. I could have left it alone with that diagnosis back being atypical and did nothing. And I decided to have some further tests done because I I just wanted to know. Of course. Tell me what it is. Tell me what it's not. I'll I'll deal with it. I'll get rid of it. (laughs) I'm not a worrier. I could, like, live with it. Just tell me what to do. (laughs) Don't tell me you don't know. That wasn't really working for me. Atypical is not a definition. (laughs) So I went in and I had, I think I had seven or eight biopsies in one day. And I will say my blessing was my girlfriend had just went through thyroid cancer. So she was a rock. She was really knowledgeable. And she walked me through every step of the way, literally held my hand when I'm laying on the bed for my biopsies. And then there's that tiny, tiny, tiny little chance that it's going to come back and be, you know, cancerous. Mm -hmm. And I remember getting the phone call and being at home in the morning with my husband. And I was supposed to wait like 10 days and I get the call Monday morning. And I was just like, shit. Oh, sorry. No, it's okay. It's internet radio. It's all good. (laughs) Sorry. But literally, okay, I was like, shit, (laughs) this is impossible. There's no way that I'm so healthy. I take such good care. This is, I I have four kids. I'm working. Who has time for cancer, right? I do not have time for this. This doesn't happen to people on TV. (laughs) This is like, yeah, exactly. Darn it. I wish that were true. Um, So anyway, very long story short, I put together my team. I decided to do a complete thyroidectomy. It was recommended. And um, I really learned from that lesson. And and it was cancer. And now it was removed. And it was safe. And I'm cancer-free. And I'm very responsible. And I do all my – thank you. I do all my checkups. And I'm I'm a very good patient. But what I learned from all that really, really, really is not about – putting energy into what your situation is, what your challenge is, what's happening to you in life. It's how you deal with it. And I knew that I had to um, go to work and find the right surgeon and find the right diagnostic doctor and stay really positive and deliver the message in the right way to all my children at different ages and be appropriate there and make sure my husband was okay and just kind of pour positive energy into that to be healthy and take care of myself. And that was a really big lesson. For me, because people can just stress out and lose themselves in this downward spiral of, you know, the worst, worst case scenario, right? Well, I sense that you're like, from just speaking with you, I can, I know, I think I know that you're your family's rock. I mean, you're the strength and what people lean on. And I'm sure you lean on your husband as well. But I can see like, if, if you 
like you couldn't be my mom because we're like the same age. But <laughs> if you were my mom, I would I would feel very safe and comfortable being Thank in your you. presence. That's a really nice compliment. If you were to ask me who the rock is in my family, I would have said my husband. But um, you know, woman to woman, I, I feel like we have this ability. A, a brilliant psychologist shared this bit of advice with me once when I was going through my divorce, and it was awesome for a blended family and awesome for any mother to be able to reassure their children. But she said, we have this ability as women, this magical gift to just keep on giving and giving and giving. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Sorry. It's true. <clears throat> it's almost a gift that a woman, I mean, that a man doesn't have. So as mothers, no matter how depleted, no matter how exhausted, no matter what our children need from us, no matter what someone in your family needs from, from you, you just, you do it. A girlfriend might say, hey, come meet me for a drink. I'd be like, I'm so tired. I can't do that. But your child could say, I have this project and we're going to be up Let's until 2 a.m. Let's go. Let's do it. So we it's, are, it's we funny are, you say that, yeah. We are blessed as women with the ability to just keep on, keep on trucking. So I, I, I own that. You I, know, I believe in that. Yeah. And I'm so going to share a funny story with you because now we're good friends. Oh, <laughs> this morning on the way to, to, to tune in studios here. So I was walking out the door and I knew I had to get in the car and Susie was going to drive us. I had to be there by nine o'clock. And um, my kids are like, Mommy, there's ducks in front of the house. I'm like, there's ducks in front of the house? So I literally open a door, and I have three, six, three, and one. My, like, they see it, like, Mommy, we must get bread. I'm like, yes, we must get bread. So everything stopped at that moment. And I was thinking to myself, it's okay. They'll understand if I'm late to the studio. Life will go on. But right at this moment, there's there are ducks, ducks in front of the house. <laughs> and I must be there because I must distribute the bread and we need to make sure these ducks are fed. And I have pictures and videos and, and like money can't buy. That's, That's the best. Of happiness, That's the right? best. What we'll do for a Twitter opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Yeah, it's the true. best. I love that. I love that you stopped and, and, you know, lost yourself in that moment. A lot of people don't do that. Well... You know, we got to do it. I think that's the thing is working women, we need to support each other mm-hmm. and not judge, you know, because we are all, we all, we all have this similar life and struggle. And it's, it's funny. And I'm sure you would agree with this. And especially now we're not, we're going to actually segue into to your, to your modern mom. But I joke that the day that you deliver your first child, that's when all of a sudden through the back of your back, like this red cape. <laughs> starts to come out and all of a sudden we get these superhuman powers That's we right. don't need sleep we don't need food we don't need anything we just... on most days yeah it's true and women need to I think really own that and tap into that because raising a family can be really exhausting and we have to remember that that magical power I believe that it's there I mean and absolutely and your magical powers actually supersede most of us because not only do you are you balancing hosting and being on TV and all over the world and traveling and doing all your charity work and helping so much more and you know those of you who don't know who being in front of the camera is so much hard work you have to practice and you have to study and you have to be on all the time mm-hmm. and worry about if a hair is in your I mean there's so many little things that like you, you wouldn't know unless you went through this. Mm-hmm. But on top of that, you're balancing a family, a blended family. Mm-hmm. And I read a little bit on your blog and about about your feeling about this. When one thing that really resonated to me that you said was, you know, you don't realize how difficult it is when um, two of your kids leave and come back. Mm-hmm. Can you talk a little bit about that? I thought it, it really. Sure, sure. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm no expert. I mean, I think it's a learning experience every week. And a blended family is very difficult. And divorce is forever for a child. So 
Um, everybody should just know that to be true. It, it is forever, and it, it comes with a lot of challenges. But I used to call it Hurricane Wednesday, and Wednesday was the day when my big girls would come back from their dad's house. And it was like starting over every single week. My two little ones, you know, I have them every day, so I know their every move. I know what they ate. I know what time they went to bed. I know what's going on in their lives. I know if there's problems in school, emotional, whatever's going on. I'm there every day. And when my older girls come back, it is a readjustment. And I missed part of their life. And not only that, they missed part of mine. Mm -hmm. So so as a, as a mother, when you have shared custody, I should just speak for myself personally, but I almost try to stop everything and be there for the whole time that they're at my house because I, I missed I – I, I feel like I'm missing half of their life. So there's not a lot of room to Aww. to you know to, to do anything else. So that's that's part of how I, I work through that balance. But I also really realize that I'm the only common denominator in the whole blended family. So my dreams and my wishes and my my fantasy was is not necessarily theirs. Yeah, and not I wasn't their, their father's and it's not my new man's either. So I'm sort of like the only one that connects all the dots. And I have to give everybody room to have their own opinion and their own dislikes and likes and interests and issues. And I really learned as a more seasoned mother, and and, and, and it, it gets easier, to have less expectations and to accept things more. And it's, you know, a funny little thing. It's not even proper English, but it's more acceptance and less expecting. That's really what I've learned to do as a mother because I used to think every Wednesday night everyone was going to come home for dinner and I would set the table and I would make this great meal and I thought everybody was going to be happy and I missed everybody so much. And here we all are. <laughs> well, and nobody else was really that interested in my big family extravaganza. But I, I have to give everybody room to just be. Be who they are and, you know, be patient. And that's also another conversation about teenagers. But Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, well, I, that what you just told me thinks of two things. One thing is that you've written this incredible book called The Naked Mom, which I, I love the title because it just, to me, it just resonated on all fronts. But I read some of the reviews off Amazon. They're incredible. Thank the way you. that you touch women. And so those of you who are thinking about becoming a mom or who are mom, you are a mom and you just want to have um you want to have perspective and and a good laugh I would say definitely thank you thank you I'm not sure the title was a great choice I I think a lot of people you know I called it the naked mom and it was a play on words and it was naked meant to be as in revealing and I really wanted to um share my journey as a mother the good and the bad and the book is full of everything what I screwed up what I learned what I did right what I'm figuring out what I it's just a little bit of everything which is I've been so committed to being honest and I think a lot of people in the business don't want to share that stuff and for some crazy reason when I started Modern Mom and started blogging I said I can only do it that way I'm either going to tell it all and I'm either going to own up to it and have no shame and share it all because I know that somebody else in some other city is going through the same thing Mm -hmm. and I wrote about the best moments the worst moments and I did it all but I think the title on the cover might have been a little misleading so we redid the cover in paperback the the naked mom I'm not really naked but it looks like I'm naked but I actually (laughs) do have underwear on but I look quite naked but I'm not naked and you just see hair and you see skin but somebody might have thought I'm naked in the book I don't know so (laughs) paperback she's really wearing her Calum that's right of course they just airbrushed it off but the paperback I'm in like this yellow floral dress like in this garden 
So, you know. In the Kindle version, exactly, is even better. No? Exactly. But just like a little business tip. I mean, you really do have to look at the bigger, the whole picture. And, and um, you know, Modern Mom, That you know, it's a good way to lead into that. I loved the name Modern Mom. And when we took over that site, we really were buying a, a brand. And then we started over from the skeletal level and build this this site and this destination for families, for women. And it's full of great content it for is. any mother. I was up on your site until 2.30 a.m. Oh, that makes me happy. That's awesome. I mean, we didn't have access to this, you know, 10 years ago, 14 years ago when I had Naraya, my first daughter. Mm-hmm. I didn't, there wasn't social media. It, it, there wasn't a 24-7 um, motherhood that you could reach out to on your sleepless nights or your sleep training or you need a recipe or you're struggling or you want to know what somebody else was doing. And there's just so much information and a team of bloggers who don't have an agenda who are just sharing their stories is invaluable and the recalls and the recipes and um, the videos that just the content is it's, there's so much is there's really so useful. much rich content in there. Whether you be a mom or be a dad, I, I told my husband who he has a he, he's a daddy blogger. He does kid organics. But mm. he went through it, and he's like, we need there's so much good information. That's I was great. like, and, yeah, and speaking of great information, oh, my goodness. This one I have been talking about since I found out about it, the Modern Mom Report Card, mm. which you can download off the site, like, instantly. It just blew my mind. It blew my, my, it blew like my The concept blew my mind. And um, so I redid it, and you can download it, and it's absolutely free. And this is a report card that is made for parents, and you are it's meant to give to your child. And I want to I really be clear that this is not an opportunity for your children to um, – judge you to see how much they like you. This is not an exercise to get their approval. It's it's an exercise to create dialogue with your children and really to do some some self exploration and to kind of check yourself and see where you're at in their eyes and how your parenting skills are translating. That's really the goal here. It's so cool. Thank you. There's twenty And it's well, scary. A lot of parents were like, oh heck no. <laughs> Give me this to my kids. I don't wanna And it's A, B, C, D, and F, by the way. Yes. And it your is. child can give you an F in a certain category. And then I suggest really taking a look at it and either explaining to them why you're failing in their <laughs> eyes or making some adjustments. <laughs> and you gotta hear this. It says here's your chance to let your mom, dad, or caregiver know if they're making the grade. Be honest and fill in the circle for the grade they earned. Let me let me give you like one of my favorite questions. I'm like thinking I'm not sure what I would get a grade on, but I'm really big on organic and healthy, but it says, "Does your parent pack good lunches and snacks?" Yeah. And by the way, huge question because That's a big question. Big question and we, you're going to, you know, as your kids get older, you'll realize on some days the entire lunch comes back. I know. And I'm like, Mine does too. Or, like, did you not eat? Or they're crafty and they'll just throw it away at school. And you come, it comes empty and you think, God, they loved that lunch. Yeah. And so the next day you're packing the same thing. And this can go on for, for weeks, like weeks, by the way. Yeah. And I've been on, I've been field trip moms at school and I have watched kids do that. And I say to my kid, oh I'm like, don't gosh. you ever do that. <laughs> if you so don't like true. it, bring it home and tell me. I'm here to like help okay. you. So if you're failing in the packing in good the lunches, lunching, you have a conversation you with your know. child and say, what are other kids packing? Did you like it? What don't you like? Can we work on this? You want something good, something healthy? Pick a vegetable, pick a fruit. You want a snack? Mm-hmm. You want crunchy? You got to have the <laughs> Okay, speaking of vegetables. Okay, speaking of vegetables, Brooke, what's up with the cucumber chips? I see them in every one of your your Cuc- every one of your pictures of cooking. I see a whole bowl of cucumber, cucumber chips. You have like, well, not chips, but it's like cucumber Diced cucumbers. Oh well, I like cucumber. <laughs> I like cucumber. 
cucumbers. I'm like, I'm like the really? girl likes cucumbers. <laughs> like cucumbers. That's a great idea. I'm going to fry them. <laughs> no. No, but they're raw. And I see, no, they're raw. Yeah. They're cut just like oh. per- perfectly, you know, like probably like four or five centimeters, really? I don't know, millimeters. Mm. But I see these big plates of beautiful food. I told my, I'm like, honey, Brooke really likes cucumbers. You know, I really love to cook, and maybe it is a little bit of an artistic uh, experiment for me at home, but I love it, and I'm so passionate about being a home chef, and I like to make everything look, <laughs> look really pretty. And <laughs> I like really to cook, pretty. and my family loves to eat. Thank you. <laughs> and then, like, I see these pictures where you're eating, I know you eat a lot of kale and stuff, and then you have this, beautiful dish or a pot of like chicken chicken roasted chicken roasted chicken I make a lot of roasted chicken, and then I take the whole carcass, and we make a lot of soup, and my family loves to eat, and there's a lot of us, so on any given day, I'd rather be at home than schlepping the whole family out to a restaurant, but it's good. And, you know, I just want a couple more things on the report card, because because there's some other things on here, too, that have to do with, you know, a simple question, is your parent affectionate enough? You know, you might not know at certain phases when your child might need a little bit more love, or maybe you're all over them. You know, I know there's going to come a time where my son's going to want me to stop eating his face. <laughs> you know what I mean? You, you, oh, I you, love that you eating know, face. You just—I think those questions are really important. Does your parent act appropriately, or the way you want them to at sporting events? You know, my daughter's a varsity cheerleader. I show up to the game and I'm taking pictures, and she's mortified, and I'm that mom going, "Well, I'm still going to take the pictures in the video, <laughs> but I have to kind of respect her feelings at some point as well, and say, okay, I'll, I'll do it a little more discreetly or secretly.'" It's a great exercise for dialogue with your kids, and I think every parent should do it. And, you know, there's there's, you know, stuff on there too. Like, does your parent keep their word? Does your parent text and drive? I mean, does See, your that's a good question from my husband. Mm. So, how often do you read? Like, do you do this every quarter? Like a real report card? I've done it once. Um, I think I should do it again in another quarter and see if I can get that F that two of my ch- <laughs> two of my children gave me an F. In what? You'll notice that I took the question off. <laughs> the question was, does does your parent yell at you when angry? And they both gave me an F. And I do yell when I get angry. And my first response, and by the way, you're not supposed to be defensive or upset at any grades. My first defensive was, well, stop making me angry. <laughs> no, I, um, I really took that seriously. And I thought, maybe I react or maybe I'm a little impatient and maybe I need to kind of take a deep breath and, and just have a better way of expressing myself in those moments. And I, and I really thought about it. I really, really did. And my son gave me um, a D in the question that said, um, does your parent help you buy the things that you want? And I had a long talk with him about that. And I said, I'm okay with the D because I, I don't help you buy everything you want. I give you $2 a week. He's seven. I know that's not a lot. <laughs> but oh, I, give you, I give you your allowance. Mm-hmm. I'm teaching you how to work for it. I'm rewarding you. I'm teaching you how to save it. And I'm teaching you also, you know, a little delayed gratification. So it was a conversation that we had. And I said, and that's why I don't buy you everything because you can't have everything and you need to work for it and you need to wait a little. And he got it. He was like, okay. That's great. I love that because that's what I was going to ask you about, actually, about fi- how you teach your kids about financial literacy. I mean, you have now mom and dad, beautiful celebrities um, who have very successful careers, and now you're you've built you know you've built great a great home together. Thank you. Like, how do you keep your kids grounded? So you actually answer my question it's, in some ways. It's really, really, it's really hard. It's one of my biggest challenges. Um, I, I do a lot of things. And, and actually, uh, authentically, this conversation came up in the car yesterday. My husband and I, David and I, were driving with Rain and Shia. And Shia said, do we live in a mansion? 
And my husband was like, oh, because he just, I don't know, he doesn't like, he doesn't like to call it that. And we had a whole conversation about that. And, and he said, people at school, you know, are talking about how big our house is. And do we? You know, and I said, you know, what you really could say to them at school is it's not really about the house. But, you know, he said, well, are we rich? You know, people say at school that rich. And I said, you can say, yes, we're rich. We're rich in life. We're rich in, we're rich in love. It isn't about our home. But, yes, we're rich. We're rich in, you know, in family. I try to talk to them about that stuff. Um, I also try to teach them how to um, give and how to give back and how to take all their blessings and how to share it. And I'm really big in philanthropy, and I lead by example, and I, I take my children. I, I do a lot with Operation Smile. I take them on medical missions. I take them to events. A year ago, my son had saved his little $2 a week, had saved for a year. He was working towards getting a a go-kart, and he was so moved and he was so touched, he decided to give his $240, which was a lot, to pay for um, one of the Operation Smile surgeries Aww. for a cleft palate and lip. I didn't ask him to, and I, it's not even bragging because I have three other children who did not do that, but it's amazing when you see a child who really understands um, compassion. compassion and what they have and what they can do with it and what it means means to somebody else. So I spend a lot of time with that. And I also, um, you know, teach them the ethic. You know, my kids would love to have me home. Mommy works. Mommy works so we can have what we have. Maybe there's a really important event at school that I miss, and I hate those times. But But it happens. It happens. And instead of beating myself up about it, even though I have a little bit of mommy guilt, I have to say it's really important to me, and I really want it to be there, but I, I don't get to control all of that, and I have to work. And I think it teaches them the reality of sacrifice and the reality of you know, what we do and how we work hard to have what we have and to live live a certain way. So there's a lot of conversations. And as far as finance goes, there's a couple of things that I do with my, my older children. I, I've taken them to um, financial business meetings before, you know, when I sit down and do my quarterly meetings and 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 do my planning and so that they can have so my older daughters can get a good perspective on how things work and the, the concept of money and my daughter who's 15 now you know in a year she's going to be getting her license and she's going to be wanting a car and whatnot and I sit down with her and the college fund for example the um the, five, the, five, the 529 what a brilliant opportunity I yes. wish that my parents were hip to that when I was growing up, because there are little amounts of money that don't affect our lives a lot. And if you're in a fortunate enough position to do it, whatever amount you can. That's right. The um, There was an Einstein theory about it. It's brilliant. Just the compilation of a mm-hmm. little bit of money and how it. The consistency. That's how, how it builds and how it grows. It is. And I actually, with my older daughters, I show them that every mm-hmm. year. And something really interesting came up last year. My, my 15-year-old said, how come my 13-year-old sister has more money than I when you've been doing it longer for me? And it is just amount and interest in certain years. And sometimes but I, you invest at the right time. It's exact, exactly. Mm-hmm. But I let them see that. And I let her look at certain savings and certain numbers and money that she's worked for and how it's grown. And I give her goals. I say, you know, next year when you're 16, you're going to have this amount of money to contribute. Or this is what the college fund is looking like right now. And we're still adding. So I think when the older they get, it's very visual. And I loved what you said even in the beginning with piggy banks and children. They know what it's like to save. My daughter will go out and do a lemonade stand she did it last weekend. She wanted a skateboard. I could have went and bought her a skateboard. Mm-hmm. 
she went and she did a lemonade stand and made like fifty dollars in I four hours and went and absolutely and, I, and then I'll match it, you know. So I do that with my kids too. Yeah, we save just it, had, work hard and save it. Exactly. I mean, think about you and I are kind of similar in this way. We both came from you know lower middle class families, but we all learned to work at young ages, and I think that says a lot about why you've been so successful and to be able to to not to struggle, but to be able to continue to stay relevant and to work mm-hmm. hard and that drive that came from somewhere and it came from how you were, you know, you were raised. I think so. Yeah. And I think it also, for me personally, came from not having a lot and growing up in a very simple family and watching my mom work hard. So I grew up with that ethic and being raised by a father who said, you can do anything you want to do and don't let anyone stop you and you have to believe in yourself and you have to take some chances. So he really did give me that um, that confidence. But I love working and and I know you have to work hard to have the things you want in life. And I think my husband and I, what we, we, we've been able to do and build together is really special because we did it together, mm-hmm. you know, and, and we sacrificed a lot for what we have. So, Well, speaking, of, let's talk about a little fun thing, though. Let me ask you this. I'm curious, when you when you finally had your first real check, what was something that you, what, what, what did you purchase? Did you purchase anything? Gosh, my first real check. Um, I had I had a little bit of a tradition. There was a period of time where, sadly, most ch- checks go to the business office, and <laughs> there was a period of time I was like I don't even know what's I don't even know what's coming in. I mean, I know what's coming in and what's going out because I'm responsible enough to always double check things. But I never really got to hold one <laughs> or see one. Um, but I used to reward myself every time I would do a big gig with something materialistic because I I'm not I, first of all, I, I don't have a lot too. of time to splurge. But I was like I want something like real, whether it's a dress or a piece of jewelry or just something. And it didn't have to be extravagant. Right. It was just my one thing. Like a miniature trophy. It was my one thing. But big ticket items. I mean, when I got the gig to host Dancing with the Stars, which was a big, long-term, seven-year ABC contract, I bought myself a car. So that was super cool. Um, but, you know, those things are special and those things are, are rare. Do you and, still have that car now? You know, I still have that car. I do. And um, it's time to get a new car. But <laughs> I do still have it. But it was one of those things that... I wouldn't, I could have, but I didn't, and I wouldn't have just went out and been extravagant, but it was a little reminder, it was a little token, and um, the more successful I, I would become, I would reward myself, you know, accordingly. But most of my life, I, I and still today, I save much more than I spend. Yeah. And that has sort of been... That's good. Um, it is, that is a good thing, and I teach my children that. You pay yourself first. Yeah, and responsibly. And I'm a planner, and my husband's a dreamer, so we have really <laughs> good balance. It's good balance. But, you know, as a mother of four also, I'm I'm pretty conservative, and... I always am planning for that rainy day, and I'm always planning for the future, and I've always been a person, even in the industry, to surround myself with a really competent business team and and a financial advisory team that can guide me and can teach me. And I think in all areas of life, you have to surround yourself with people who are smarter and who know more than you know. And ego, just check the ego. I want to do that in business. I want to do that in design. With I want to do that in, in health, finance. In, health, in every way. Mm-hmm. I just want to learn like every step of the way. So that um, that is super important. And when it comes to money, you got to just double check everything and, you know, have knowledgeable people around you advising you, especially when you come into money. Mm-hmm. You know, we see too many people in the industry 
make it big and lose it all. Yeah, that's unfortunate. I unfortunately have written about people like that. Well, Very common. Well, this is great. I mean, as a planner, let me ask you this. So what does retirement look like for you and David? I don't even think about that. I know it's funny. Well, whenever he ta- whenever he gives me his plan, he says, I'm going to retire at 50. I'm like, you just started this amazing development. You're not retiring at 50. I'm like, you're just getting started. What are you talking about? Um, He's dreaming. I know. In a dream world, we, we have this plan. It'll be amazing one day if this really happens. I believe that anything could happen. But You're just going to put it out there. I, I know. I'm going to put it out there. I'm going to put it out there. I'll, I'll dream with you for a moment. If one, oh, well, how, how do I even say it? One day, I would like to sell everything that we have in Malibu when the kids are done with school and go to St. Bart's, which is my favorite place in the world, and start a little bed and breakfast and do all the things that we're passionate about. I love to cook. We love to entertain. I'd like to do a small little boutique hotel. I'd like to live there. He's French, so it's the perfect place. In a dream world, my son and my children are all coming <laughs> with me. Of course, and they're all they in the same yet. house. <laughs> Naraya's going to sing. She's going to entertain. Sierra, I'm not quite sure what she'll do yet. Rain's going to be, be, be my sous chef. We both love to get mix it up in the kitchen. And Shia's going to do cucumbers. all the sports. <laughs> exactly. And we'll all be happy. So that's that's the dream world. I love it. <laughs> Amazing. And then you can get so much of more of this. I mean, I know that I, I certainly could he- could just hang out with you and talk all day long. But, you know, those of you who are listening and you want really more, Brooke, you really should check out ModernMom.com, which I've actually bookmarked. And Thank I plan you. on going through that a lot more for all my mommyisms. I appreciate that. Yeah. Well, what's next for you? Anything upcoming that you like to share and tease us with? Sure. I, I'm going to be a little vague because I haven't signed on the dotted line yet, but I'm about to sign a deal, which I'm hoping will shoot even in June. Um, it's for a digital network. And I am very, very excited very about cool. the digital world. Um, so it'll be my own show, and it is it is something along the lines of, let's say, Super Soul Sunday meets uh comedians and cars meets CNN. So something I'm really passionate about. And the digital space right now is exploding and it's huge. And I learned that at Modern Mom. We have a YouTube channel with 200,000 plus subscribers with original content that was created and produced and developed by women for women. It was an awesome experience. I think that a lot of people don't even know what channel they're watching anymore and having access to digital programming is, I I believe it's the future. It's relevant. So Mm -hmm. I'm very, very, very excited about that and I'll have an opportunity to bring some great female stories to life so hopefully hopefully I'll be giving you you. (laughs) sorry to be vague (laughs) no if you could definitely keep us updated that's really exciting stuff definitely will well, uh, a huge, huge thank you. Thank to you. you for coming. This it was a was... fun interview. It's nice to sit Aww. and dish about life and motherhood and family and all the things that are so organic because I, I think that people who are listening and I think other women are going through very similar things and that's why I wrote my book. That's why I blogged. That's why I started Modern Mom. I, I think there's a lot for us to learn from each other. Well, I've learned so woman. much from you today. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, and I know there's more to learn because I, 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 I'm going to be on the blog this evening when I get home. And I and I think all of you should too. You should certainly bookmark modernmom.com and you know, check it out. There's so much that you can learn and that goes for dads as well. But um uh, Brooke Berkshave, such an amazing experience with you. Thank, Thank you. Thank you for joining us today. It is once again uh, Renegade Millionaire. And to learn more about me, please check me out at winniesun.com. 
And of course, follow me on Twitter at SungroupWP. And most importantly, how can we go ahead and follow you? I know you have a huge Twitter following. Can we get your handle? Yeah, it's um, at Brooke Burke. And I uh, probably tweet way too much, but I share it all there. And of course, my blog on Modern Mom, but I'm on Instagram and I'm on, on Twitter. And you know, just my whole journey, I'm, I'm sharing it all because I think it's, I think we can learn a lot from each other. Thank you. Well, thank, thank you. you for that. And thanks again. And, and thanks for tuning in with us. Until next time.